good evening, everybody. <laughs> Great to see you all this evening. It's like my mind is just somewhere else. Amen. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> all right. Amen. So as you've heard, we have a event planned for Easter Sunday, and we're very excited about that. Amen. Don't forget to come out on Good Friday at 7 p.m. because we have our Good Friday service. It's a communion service. It's a very special service. I always say this. What's really interesting is that internationally, Good Friday is the most attended church day. When I got to Vero Beach, I'll never forget it. We had a Good Friday service in the morning. And I was like, people are going to come to, I think there were like four people. <laughs> you know? That was it. We decided then from next year we would do it at night. So we had a few more people that year thereafter. But it was unbelievable to me coming out of church life where Friday was so celebrated because that's the day he gave his life for us. If it wasn't for what he did on Good Friday, none of us would have anything. So it's an awesome opportunity for us to come and remember. Remember when we take communion, one of the instructions with communion is to remember what Jesus has done. So that's what we do on Good Friday. We remember the sacrifice and then on Sunday we have a celebration. We celebrate the resurrection. And it's really, really powerful. So I hope you come and, and be a part of all of that. I think it's going to be really awesome. Tonight I'm going to be ministering a word that <clears throat> I hope will encourage somebody here. And I believe it will. My message is entitled, Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. First Peter 5 verse number 8 says this. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the second part of this, many know that part of the scripture, they know that verse, but the next part is so important. It says, resist him. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So you must understand that the enemy is after us. He doesn't like you. And he seeks whom he may devour. And the Bible tells us that what we go through in the church as individuals, the same challenges, the same temptations, the same things, the world experiences them too. Amen. But we can stand steadfast in the faith because we are saved. And, and we are in covenant with God. Are you with me? Matthew 4 verse 3 says this, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Tonight I want to talk to you about the tempter. I want to talk to you about the fact that the enemy seeks whom he may devour. He, he looks for who he can take advantage of in the church. You and I, brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what he does. He goes around. And he has many names, many expressions. He is he's, he's Satan. He is 
he's known as, as so many different things, but one expression or one thing that he does in the lives of believers is he comes to tempt you. He desires to tempt you. And so we are, we, Scripture calls him in more than one place a tempter. So the enemy desires to tempt you as a believer because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy from us. How many of you know that's true? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2, verse number 11, lest Satan, Satan should take advantages of, advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You're just going to have to wait. I need some water. <laughs> I love you. Just give me one second. Thank you. So we understand that we must not be ignorant of the fact that the devil does use certain techniques, certain tactics, and, 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 and doing that, part of what he does is he comes at us with temptation. And we're going to take a look at this this evening. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses because, but, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So what I want you to understand is that temptation is nothing new. Temptation started right in the beginning with Adam and Eve. But the Bible teaches us that, listen, Jesus understands the temptation that you are going through because he was also tempted. It tells us that he can sympathize with us in our weakness. He was tempted as well, but yet he did not sin. He didn't submit to that temptation. We'll take a look at that this evening, not this morning. <laughs> so we can, we can see what it is that Jesus had to deal with and what you and I as believers today have to deal with as well. Hebrews 2.18 says, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted. He is able to aid those who are tempted. So we can see Jesus was, was clearly in more than one place. The Bible tells us that he was tempted, understands our temptation, and can help us in our temptation. How many in this room have ever been tempted? If you didn't raise your hand, you liar. Not only were you tempted, but you lied too. So I want you to understand that even Jesus was tempted by the devil. Even he was challenged and tempted. It's interesting because temptation really comes to us in three primary ways. And if you look throughout Scripture, in fact, if you look right from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, you will clearly see that these three techniques were used to tempt men. These are the three weaknesses. These are the areas the enemy will come. Let's take a look. 1 John 2, 15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. There's the problem. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, watch here, here comes the three areas. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. So you must understand that in those three areas, the enemy will come and tempt you. 
He will attack you. Let's just break it down real quick. The lust of the flesh, it's what you desire. It's, what you, with your, it's like your soul, your inner, your inner part, not your, not your spirit, but your soul, your mind, your emotions. It's what you desire. Your flesh desires something. That is the lust of the flesh. Your flesh desires. You desire something. You desire a car. You desire something. You, 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 you think that if you do something, it's going to make you feel better. If you, if you have something, it's going to make you feel better. Now, with the lust of the eyes, it's obviously things that you see. It's things that you see that you desire. So, I mean, that could also be like a vehicle or a home or something like that. But it basically comes down to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes are very, very connected. But one is really something that is trying to satisfy your, 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 actual, physical, your actual physical being. And the other thing is something that you desire that you see. Are you with me? So we understand that. And then the last thing is the pride of life. Pride is the greatest tragedy of so many in the body of Christ, and not only in the body of Christ in the New Testament, but also right throughout Scripture in the Old Testament. It's the pride of life that has taken so many out in ministry. So many have fallen because of pride, because they get puffed up. We know that Lucifer fell because he got puffed up. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were tempted in all three areas. When it came to the pride of life, it was basically, listen, you can be like God. And they thought, oh, that sounds like a good idea. That, that was pride. Are you with me, guys? So let's go and take a look at what happened with Jesus. And what did he do so that he could handle this temptation that came his way? You see, the first thing I want you to understand this evening is that Temptation comes very, very often in the midst of you doing things that are right. It's not always when, you, when, you ha when you're going through a bad season. It can be when you're going through a bad season, but often you'll be doing everything right spiritually, but then an attack will come. And when that attack comes, it's just before your breakthrough. So, so many people will, will in certain areas and things that they've struggled with, for example, in their past, they've been having victory, having victory. Now, temptation comes and all of a sudden they submit to their temptation. And what they don't realize is right on the other side of that temptation was great breakthrough. So, we know that Jesus was baptized. And when he was baptized, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him like a dove and he came out of the water. And then the Bible tells us that he was led into the wilderness. Let's go to Luke 4, verse number 1. Luke 4, verse number 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It's very interesting that after Jesus is empowered by God, the first thing that happens is he goes into a wilderness experience where he spends time, he consecrates himself he consecrates himself to God. He, he spends an isolated time with the Lord. He really, he, he, he basically goes and he, he fasts. He, he doesn't eat anything. He doesn't drink anything. The Bible tells us that he just spends this time for 40 days in the wilderness. But I want you to see something. That after he is empowered, after he is empowered, it's the Holy Spirit that leads him to this place. So the Holy Spirit takes him there because the Holy Spirit knows that he has everything he needs to overcome. Are you with me? 
He has been empowered. The Holy Spirit is with him. He now goes into the wilderness. The Bible tells us that he is led. One translation actually said the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And don't think that God didn't know what was coming. Are you with me? Verse 2 says, being tempted for 40 days. Everybody say tempted. There we go. Satan is a tempter. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer. He's all of that stuff, but he is also a tempter. He comes to tempt you. If he tempted Jesus, he's going to tempt you. He's going to try, right? So being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. Everybody say he was hungry. So I want you to understand that Jesus is now a man. He's God, but he's a man. And after 40 days, if a, if a man hasn't eaten for 40 days, brother, let me tell you something, you're going to be hungry. So Jesus is hungry. So when Satan comes to Jesus, take a look at what he does. The Bible tells us, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, so the first thing you must understand is that there's an immediate challenge. The challenge is primarily for identity, but there's a lot more to it than just that. Satan comes and says, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Now you must understand, Jesus takes one fish and multiplies it into many. Takes bread and multiplies. Jesus could easily turn that stone into bread. Are you with me? Jesus knew very well that he could do that. He, he could easily have done it. If he really wanted to, it would have been nothing for him to do it. But take a look at what he does. Jesus answered, verse 4, saying, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. He says, this is so powerful. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. In other words, in order for you to really live, the way that you live is by the Word of God. Jesus could do it. He was able, but He did not hear from heaven to turn that stone into bread. Everything in His flesh felt like that bread, felt like turning that stone into bread. Come on. Not only is he hungry, but devil's saying, listen, let's check it out, man. Are you really, Jesus? Are you really the son of God? Come on, man, you can do this. This is not a big deal for you. You're the son of God. Come on, you. if you really are the son of God, do it. He's hungry, guys. He's a man. His flesh is going, bread. But he answers and he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Man, this is so powerful. Take a look at this. In John 14, 13, it says this. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Do you think Jesus could ask and that bread would, stone would be turned into bread? He could ask. He said to us, listen. When we're in Him, we can ask anything and He'll do it. But you see, the power, the life lies in when every word that you receive is a word that comes from heaven. 
it can't be by your feelings or your emotions because if you're led by your feelings and emotions, it may not be from God. Are you with me? You see, Jesus knew, he understood that in order to walk in the supernatural power that was available to him, he had to be in total obedience. He had to hear from heaven. In fact, the Bible tells us, let's read it. John 5, 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. Let's read that again because maybe we didn't get it the first time. Most assuredly, in other words, he's saying, listen, I want you to understand something. This is most assuredly, this is, this is the way that it is, most assuredly. Like, this is how it is. Are you with me? I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. He can't do anything. So what does he do? The Bible says, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So the Son only responds to heaven. It was not his will that he did, but he did the will of his Father. When Satan came to tempt him, when Satan comes to tempt you, you shall also have to make that decision. I wanted to say two things at the same time. So that's why it came out that way. <laughs> you have to make a decision. Are you going to submit to your feelings? Well, you know, God, I really want that. And I'm your child, and I'm sure you want to give that to me. But is that really what he wants for you? You see, you can ask for anything. But if you do it outside of him or outside of his will, don't expect to receive it. Because you are acting according to the way that you feel. Do you see it? Is anybody out there this evening? All right. Just want to make sure. Understand again that Jesus could easily have turned that bread, that stone into bread. Easily he could have done it. But he tells us, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he's, this is a prophetic statement as well, because he's also saying, listen, you and I in the future, the only way that we will be sustained, the only way we will see and walk in the power of God is not only by what we've heard in the past, but what is God saying right now? You see, many people don't understand. You know, I made a statement this last week somewhere. I don't even remember where. I think it was on social media. I said, the gifts of the Spirit are really important. They are so important for the church. Love is the most important thing, but the gifts are important too. It's interesting that Paul makes a statement. He says, desire spiritual gifts. He says, but especially that you may prophesy. There's an emphasis on knowing God. There's an, an emphasis on hearing His voice. There's an emphasis on edifying people. Listen, when you hear from heaven what God is saying to somebody, it will change their life. If you want your life to change, if you're able to hear from heaven every word that proceeds from God's mouth towards you, you will see anything that you ask for, it will be done for you. All right. Every word. You see, the Bible says in James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
many times we only choose to remember the second part of the verse. Resist the devil and he will flee. But the first part is just as important. In fact, there is no second part without the first part. If you want to see the enemy go, you first have to resist him. You first have to resist him. But before you resist him, you have to submit to God. Are you with me, guys? You first have to submit. How do you submit? You submit to his word. That's your authority. So Jesus is able to turn the stone into, into bread, but he chooses not to do it because he knows that if he submits to the voice of the enemy, he's submitting to that temptation. This is, this is so difficult for us because so often we have these desires within ourselves of things that we really want, and then we want God to answer those things, but truly they're not from him for us. Right? Let's go to verse 5. Luke 4, verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The first thing I want to say here when you read that is just, I want you to see this. Understand Jesus is weak. Listen, if you fast 40 days without water and food, I'm telling you, you're going to be weak. The enemy's tempting him. The enemy's challenging him. And now the Bible says that taking him up on a mountain. So Satan takes Jesus. Are you with me? Satan takes him. Now, I don't know what that really means because I wasn't there. But I don't think it was like, you know, come Jesus, let's go. I think it was more like, I want to show you something. He was tempting him. He was challenging him. He was almost forceful. Are you with me? And he says to Jesus, listen, taking him up on a high mountain, showing him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. So he's saying, listen, Jesus, you know your purpose. God has given you a destiny and a purpose. You have to go to the cross. But listen, if you just follow me. If you just do what I say, all of this can be yours. Don't worry about dying on the cross. Don't worry about doing anything. If you just obey me, all you will have to do is just listen to one or two little things that I'm going to say, and all of this can be yours. You see, oftentimes that's how we are. We want shortcuts to get what God wants to give us. We want to take the, the easier way out. Listen, we wouldn't be here if Jesus had submitted to this. We wouldn't be here if Jesus hadn't said no to the enemy. You, 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 you must understand, a lot of us are thinking, well, this was easy for him because he was Jesus. No. Yes, he was 100% God, but he was 100% man. This is in his humanity. He's been challenged. He's taken up and shown all of this stuff and he knows what's coming. He knows how he's going to be persecuted. He knows how he's going to be ridiculed. He knows how he's going to be attacked. He knows how he's going to be put to death. And inside of him, I don't know what he was going through, but he understood that, listen, I can't submit to this. It must have been hard. Amen. In Luke 24, verse 25, it says this. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, 
and slow of heart to believe all in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus understood what was going to take place. So it's not like he didn't know. So when he was shown all of this stuff, it must have been challenging for him. But he'd already made a decision that he was not going to submit to this temptation, to the shortcut, to the easier deal. Are you with me? Come on, how many of us have had that opportunity? You know, just, you know, just a little something on the side or just a little this and it makes it a little bit easier. Just a little white lie here and it's going to be okay. Don't allow the enemy to tempt you. That's hard. Amen. It's hard for me. Let's go back to Luke 4, verse 7. Watch this now. This is, I love this. Then the devil says to him, therefore, if you worship before me, all will be yours. And the next sentence I love so much. Watch what Jesus says. And Jesus answered him and said to him, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Now that is really powerful, but I want to show you something. Okay, I'll show you up here. <laughs> Because I'm going to go there and then they're going to be upset. Okay. So <clears throat> imagine if the enemy's standing.